So the last few weeks we've explored this idea of sonship, which applies to everyone, not just the men. Of course, it applies to us as ladies, and we are daughters, but I'm just going to use the word son and father just to kind of apply to everyone. But I'm a son, even though I'm a daughter. So, so Adam has explored how God sees us, and he says that it's the same way that he sees the son, Jesus. And if we are sons with him, then he gives us the same glory. And in John 17, 22, we read, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. We were given the same glory that God gave to the Son, and the Son gave it to us. He says, glory which you gave me, I have given them. Like, not a portion of it, not a little bit of it. I haven't changed in the meantime, but the same glory that you have given me, I have given them, which is amazing. And Adam mentioned how in this moment when you hear this, you, you must say thank you. Even if you don't feel like it, you must say thank you out loud, using your voice, even if inside you don't always feel like that. Even if inside you feel like shouting, that's not true, that can't be true for me, that's not how I felt last week when so-and-so said that to me, that's not how I felt last week when that ha thing happened to me, uh, that's not true. And even when you feel like that, you must say thank you. Even if for this moment you can only say thank you, you can't go further saying, yes, this is true. And this is amazing because, anyway, let's just stay on point. So I, started this, I want to start this morning by reading one of my prayers from this week, actually, when I had a bit of a low day. And I decided instead of spiraling with the thoughts, which it's a little bit typical for me, I overthink, but I was like, no, I'm going to catch this quite early. And I started writing. And the, you know, I started writing and I started doing the instruction that Adam gave a couple of weeks ago when he said, you just need to say thank you. I decided I would say thank you. Um, and this was not an ideal time. I could have used the excuse that I don't have time, that I'm in, not in the right place. I was in Little Daisies with Oliver, our son, and he was playing, and there was people around, and there was noise, and there was kids running around, and there was the coffee that was calling me, and I was just like, this would be a great excuse for me to be like, you know what, I'll do it later. Which later would mean probably in the evening when Oliver goes to sleep. So I was like, no, I will do it now. He's playing. I can't just focus my mind. So this is my prayer, just a little bit of it. I got my phone out. I usually write, like to write on paper, but I was like, I don't have my paper, so I'm not going to use that as an excuse until I get home. I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to get my phone out, and I'm going to write. So I wrote this, thank you, Lord, that you love me, that your value for me is the same value you have of Jesus. Thank you. I know my mind and brain cannot understand it, especially now when I feel low and unworthy, but thank you. Thank you that I am your daughter, that, I, that your love for me does not finish, does not run out, does not depend on my actions, and thank you that even now, when I feel so low and rejected, the truth is that I am loved and accepted and more. Thank you that even when I don't feel like it, I can still say thank you to you, and it changes my attitude and my mindset. I carried on saying, I'm sorry for the times when I've let this voice inside my head bring me down, and I stay there. I'm sorry for when I don't believe the truth. I'm sorry for letting myself go so down, and I let all the lies enter and spiral with them. Thank you that you are here and you listen to me. Thank you that you don't dismiss me or get angry with me, even though we are still dealing with this, we as in me and him. You're not bored of me. You're not tired of me. Thank you. And, of course, I got interrupted while doing it plenty of times, and I heard a voice that was like, really? Do you really think that's true? But I carried on with what I knew because I know it works. And not like a magic wand, but works through pain and hard work. And in the moment, it felt good to write it. It felt good to not let the thoughts win. And then 
the day went on and I had to go back to it and read it again and the week went on and I went back to feeling not quite well and I had to get my phone out and read it again and one time I had to just stand in the mirror and read it out loud because I was like reading my head was just not quite doing I was like no I'm going to say, say it even louder than the voices in my head so I just you know said it to myself in the mirror so let's carry on today by thinking about this idea of sonship and how we can grow into it more and more. And not because we have to, not because we have to tick a box, but because it brings us life. It brings us more life. I'm going to pause you right there because it was too good to miss. Did you hear what she just said? Because yeah. to be honest, some of you could just go home now. That were enough for some of you right there in those first few minutes. Because what she said was, I didn't make an excuse. I didn't do my normal work. I just did what I had in a place I didn't really want to be, but I just did it anyway, and it transformed it. Most of us go, you can nip to the toilet with your phone for five minutes and do that at work. That right there is revelation, an insight that's powerful, that works. She decided she wasn't gonna make an excuse why she couldn't do it, even though there were lots of reasons why she couldn't, but decided she would anyway, and that's what turned it around. Nobody prayed for her. She didn't seem to ask anybody else, although she might have done as well. But she took responsibility for her own thoughts and met a moment right there and just did it and then kept on doing it. That, I, I don't, it was just so good and I want someone to catch it. And she summed up basically 10 weeks of freedom in Christ as well in one go. But you've got to, the truth is, see, you've got to know that truth before you can write it. So if, that's why freedom in Christ is so brilliant, because it teaches you that truth that Anchor just said, so that you know it, so you can write it. Because if you don't know it, you can't write it. But just right there, I, I hope you all caught it. Mm. There were a moment, a lesson for all of us right there. Okay, sorry. Thank you. We'll just do good. I like that, like George. <laughs> so... Uh, let's carry on thinking about sonship and how we can grow into sonship because it's not something that happens but it's something that we grow into and I said not because you have to tick a box but because it brings you to your life like I know what I did on Wednesday and what I usually do it's not because I have to tick a box or because I have to follow the instruction even though I have to follow the instruction but I follow because I know what it brings me not because the instruction has to be made or you know done Adam today I've done this it's nothing to do like that um and each time, you know, it gets easier. The truth is that the God and the Jesus that I know want me to experience life to the fullest. And not just when I go into glory, but right now. He wants me to experience full life right now. Full extension of him for myself and for everyone that I'm in contact with, everyone that's in my life. And I want to become more like him. I want to grow and learn and enjoy all that he has for me right now. I don't want to enjoy later, nor when I'm in heaven, but right now. It's available for me right now. So let's read these verses that we've looked at for a few weeks. John 17, 20 to 23, that says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they all may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and that have loved them as you have loved me. We are called to be one as the Father. 
the same way the Son and the Father are one, as Adam has previously thought, taught. That means that we all play our part, but we are different. And even as I was writing this, and this is one of my things, I'm, but as soon as we hear, and our mind hears different, we hear higher and lower. As soon as I say, but I'm different than you, you're like, oh, you're either better or worse. And that happens in your circle, maybe your friends, or maybe it happens in your job, or maybe it happens wherever you are. Oh, we're different, we're all unique. Oh, so you're higher and I'm lower. It's just what our mind does. Our human mind can't really comprehend this idea that, that we are the same, but different. And the same means the same value. The same value that was given to me was the same value that was given to somebody else that this week didn't manage to write their thoughts down. And the same value that was given to me was also given to Paul. Hubbard or to Adam with someone you might think is higher than me. But the truth is the same value was given to me. The difference is that they just said thank you before me and they grabbed hold of it before me. So it, the same value is me. It, it's not higher, it's not lower. Um, yeah, the, the, fun, the Father and the Son, they show us, God and Jesus, they show us what this relationship is. They show us how it's the same but different. They show us how one is not higher and it's lower. It says... A life group a couple of weeks ago, I absolutely loved our life groups a few weeks ago. It was just, we had a great time chatting, but we looked at how the relationship between the father and the son. And he said, the father loves the son, embraces him, thinks the highest of him, loves him, adores him, is the apple of his eye. And in return, the son loves and respects the father, honors him, and only does what he sees his father do. That's I don't see anything higher or lower there. I just see a mutual love and respect for one another, but different. The father pours the love because he's the father. The, the son respects it and gives it back, but no higher or lower. Relationship of giving and honoring one another, of serving and giving of oneself for one another. The father loves his son so much that the serving comes out of that. And there isn't one higher than the other because they are in each other and they are one. This, they are different, but they are not higher and lower. They are not ranked, but they are different. And um, sometimes when we hear higher and lower, we also hear one has the control and gives the orders and one has to take them. And in some situation, you might have to do that because you are under people, but your attitude can change you. I can go to work and think, Oh, I'm sorry, Phil, I'm going to use you. Phil has to give me the orders because he is my boss, and I'm just going to have to do them, and I don't really want to go and do it, even though I signed a contract a few months ago. Um, Very good. And, oh, he has to give me the orders. I cannot believe that if I was the boss, I would give the orders. Uh, or I can just go, actually, this is the job that I've chosen, that I have signed a contract for, that provides me all the money that I need you know, for my house and my bills and my everything. And also, I'm going to submit to this person before he even like, gives me the orders. I'm going to submit to him, and I'm going to honor him, and I'm going to just say yes, even when I don't always agree, and do all those things. And that way, I don't wait for him to give me orders, and I'm not grumpy when it happens, because... I've already decided before I even left home that I'm going to submit to him. Therefore, it's different, but we are the same. So, yes, in certain situations, you will have people that will tell you what to do or how to do and help you. Um, and we are people, so we don't always get it right. So if someone hasn't always told you in the right way how to do things or what to do, then we are human. But the truth is that God and the Son, they are the same. 
they love each other, they respect each other, and they are the model. And that's how I want my relationship to be with the people that are taking care of me and the people that are higher than me in terms of, you know, being a boss to me or, you know, the human way. Um, so if I take the example of Ollie, our son, Matthew and I are the parents, and he's the son, he's the child. But one is not higher, one is not lower. I'm not higher than him, because otherwise I would command him to go and change his nappy. But, other, but instead, I, as the father or the mother or the, the higher one, I actually do it. You know, I, sometimes as the father, you do the very much dirty work because of love for the son, because of love for the child. And we do, and me and Matthew were talking, and it's like, wait a second, the father's not higher, because if, if I think about me as a father, I do everything for him, and he doesn't even know it. And sometimes he's not even grateful, or he doesn't even know what I'm doing. He doesn't even understand that I have to change his nappy because, and we went on talking about that. But it's true, the father is not higher, because everything that comes out, and everything the father does, is of love for the son. And at this moment, all is a child, and he doesn't always understand. But as he grows up into a son, I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that he will understand why I, I will, sometimes I had to say yes and sometimes I had to say no, why sometimes you had to go to bed and sometimes you didn't have to go to bed. But right now, he doesn't, so he's still a child. As, as he grows into a son, he'll understand our heart and our love for him. And he will probably, hopefully, understand where we come from. So let's read in Galatians 4. Chapter 4, 4 to 7. It says, but when, the time had, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because we are, you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child... God has also made you an heir. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. I am an heir. You are an heir. We're all heirs. We have been given the spirit of sonship on the inside of us already. We're all children of God. And there's no doubt about that. The moment you said yes to Jesus... You have become his child. You have become an heir of everything that he has got. And that can be, it's not reversible. But now we have the opportunity to grow into sons. When we give ourselves up to him and we submit to him so he can move out of us in a much greater way. When I am a child, I need to know I'm a child and I need to let the father take care of me. But then I want to grow into a son. And the son is different from the child, because the son grows up all the time. The son has a different understanding. Uh, a life group, when we were talking about this, uh, Ian Elliot said, I was a son, and I am always a son to my father. But the moment that I became a father, I definitely became a better son to my father. And I was like, that is so beautifully put. And then, because as a son, he wasn't just like, oh, now I'm a father, you know, whatever. He, as a son, he took the role of responsibility, to, took the role of gratefulness to his father. He understood something deeper as a son, and he will never stop being a son. So the seed inside of us contains, this is what Paul said, 
at the beginning of the year, and I absolutely love that, and I like that word. So he said, the seed inside of us contains invisible instruction and has explosive potential. That is quite an exciting word, explosive potential, because it means it's not just happens, but it's like, whoa, what's inside of you can just explode and can just have an impact so much more than you can think of. When a seed is, in, is used in the right way, the result is so much bigger than the seed. It grows and it brings fruit. If I think of a seed of an apple tree, it's absolutely tiny. But if I look at the seed compared to the tree and compared to the fruit, you'd be silly not to be like, well, why are you keeping the seed? When you could get the tree and the fruit, the, the comparison is, well, it's not really a comparison because you're like, the seed is tiny, do something with it. When the seed is used in the right way, the result is so much bigger than the seed. The condition for the seed to grow, it's all up to you. It's understanding that the seed within you needs nurturing to grow. Submission is the criteria for the seed's growth. Submission helps me to understand that I am a son and I submit to the Father, but in a way that I'm not being made to submit, but I choose to submit. Submission comes from me and not from the other person. The seed of sonship is already inside of you. In Romans 8 verse 9, it says, But if you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not in his. Um, but the mirror translation, I found this in the mirror translation, it says this, But you are not ruled by a flesh consciousness, but by a spirit consciousness. God's spirit is at home in you. And I love that word, is at home in you. God's spirit is at home inside me. It's not there to, for a visit. It's not there for a cup of tea and then going away. It's at home in me. We are all children of God. When you have said yes to Jesus, you have made a decision. And at that point, when you said yes to Jesus, you, and when you did that, the spirit is at home in you. The spirit came to dwell in the home that is inside of you. You cannot say you're of the God, but you don't have the spirit. It's inside of you already, but it's inside of you as a seed, a seed that you can grow. So why do we have to grow into sons? Why can we not remain children? Sometimes I do look at Oliver and I'm like, I wish he would stay a tiny little baby forever because then he would give me cuddles and then, you know, I would still teach him everything and I would still feed him. But then I realized that's not love. Love is like, I want him to grow. I want him to be independent of me. I want him to do all these things. Why? We need to grow out of children. We need to grow into sons. And not because we're told, and not because if we do it, the Father will love us more, and if we don't, the Father will love us less. But because when we do, we receive life. Not for the benefit of the Father, but for our benefit. As a parent of Oliver, I want the best for him, but not just because I want the best for him but just for his own good. My love for him extends so much that I want to see him happy, prosper. I want to see him grow. I want to see him secure in who he is and who God has made him to be. And I want that for his own sake. I know he will be better off if this is what will happen in the future because I want him. If I want that for him, how much more does the father want that for us? His love is way bigger and wider than my human mind can understand love. And he wants that for each one of us. He wants us to grow, but for our benefit, not his. 
Sonship is not about pleasing him or doing the right thing. It's about you walking and knowing you are a son to the Father. The, the only desire that God has for you is to be more like Jesus, nothing else. And this desire for, for you that he has, it's not an internal one. Uh, it's not an external desire. It's not like I would like you to live in this house, in this country, and do this and do this and be in this job and then don't be in this job and then be... Even though he is bothered about those things because we are bothered about those things, but his desire for your life is to become more like Jesus. So, I can choose to walk and I can choose to act like a son or I can choose not to. I can grow into being a son, which means I'm the one that needs to put some work into it. Growing up and maturity has nothing to do with age. Growing into a son has nothing to do with age and everything to do with attitude and my responses to everything that's happening around me. And that means that if someone that's older than me and has life experiences but has not yet learned the father's love deep, deep down, that has not grown into security, and still responds to situations the same way they responded a few num a number of years ago. They're just older in age, but not in sonship. And let's move on. The only true title and goal I need is the title of a son and a daughter. The seed of it is already inside of me, but I need to walk, act, and be secure in that title and in everything that I do. I now know more than ever that this is a title I want to work on. I still have a long way to go, but I know this is the one I'm striving towards, and I want to be able to say it when I'm asked. I want to be able to say it and know it from a place deep down inside me. I know it more than before, but I'm always reaching new places where I can learn and grow. Excuse me. So for a long time, I really, really longed for the title of mom. I was like, when the title will arrive, things, maybe this, 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 will be fine. And I loved when the title became reality. Um, and then I started thinking, but I kind of liked um, math teacher. You know, that sounded pretty cool. And now I'm all this mom. And I, it's, it's, it's interesting happening when you have kids and you, you go to places and people kind of recognize you, right? Oh, it's all this mom. And I'm like, oh. No, it's me, Anka. Um, and, then, and then I remember thinking and talking to Adam, and, we were, I, and I was like, but all I wanted and what I longed for was the title of a mom, and now I am. And maybe people call me by Ollie's mom. And, but the truth was, because I thought the title would solve some problems, when it actually happened, it didn't. And I love it, but it, I more realize it, it, you know, where it comes from. Um, the title of wife, mom, teacher, youth leader, Sunday school helper, whatever job or role I have done or I will end up doing in the future, it all stems from this title of daughter. And if it doesn't stem from this place of I am a daughter, ultimately, then when those titles will, I will reach them, they will still not solve the problems. and They will still not fulfill me. If I follow the instruction and work on being a daughter to the most high king that already sees me, as a daughter, the, the, the issue is not him seeing me as a daughter, the issue is me seeing myself as a daughter. Um, 
the, all the other titles will flow from that. They will become who I am from inside of me and not from outside, given by a person or a boss or a child or anyone else. They will already, under daughter, there will be all those other things. They will not matter anyway, but they will be, and they will flow from that, and they will not have to be defined by other people or a contract or you know, a child or not a child. But it flows from this internal place of security, self-esteem, and significance. And knowing more and more that you are a son and a daughter that is who you are before any title and despite any title. Which means it's not measured by outward experiences, but by internal growth and learning. Which, means, which also means it doesn't matter what my job title is or is not, because out of being a son and a daughter flows everything. Now the question is, how do I measure this growth? If it's not measured by outside, I know how um, my job is measured because I have line manager meetings and they tell me how I've done this year and what we're looking for next year. I know how that is measured, but how is this sonship and this growing to the title of a daughter is measured? Um, and actually it's asking myself and maybe discussing them with the people that I talk to and the people that I trust, um, Asking myself these questions. And then we've got some of that. Have I become more like Jesus? Have I become more loving? Have I become more patient? Have I become more secure? Have I responded in the same way I used to? When I heard something that I did not like or agree with, how did I react? When that person that I don't always like talks to me or something good has happened to them, do I celebrate them or do I find reasons to complain? How do I take constructive criticism? How do I react when I'm told I need to change? How do I react when I find something about myself that does not yet align with the Father's heart? And these are great questions, and there are plenty more. And the truth is that you know the answer to these questions. You know the answer deep, deep down. You know where you were a year ago, and you know where you're going. For me personally, I've always strived for a title as a child, in school, in high school, and going forward into my life. I, because I'm an organized and planned person, I wanted to know where I was standing. Uh, I always wanted to know where I was with the teachers, with my best friends, and I wanted a title to define that relationship. Um, and there wasn't anything particularly wrong with that, but I realized in time that my security came from those titles. My security with my friends came from knowing we are still good friends. And I was always asking them to reassure me and to give the title, are we still best friends? Yeah, we're fine. No, but are we? And I needed the title to define it. And the security came from that. And then there was a, week, a good week because that person told me they were still friends. And the security and everything that I did came from that title. Um, you know, I don't want my primary identity to come from those places and titles because they don't last and they will let me down. And I will be left in a place of insecurity again, searching for the next title. So I now know that the title I need is a title of a daughter, which means my time, my relationships, my finances, my priorities will go primarily into that direction. I need to ask myself, if every other title in my life would be stripped away from me, would I still be secure in being a daughter? And this is the journey I'm on. A journey I know I'm further on than before, but the journey that I want to carry on being on and keep on growing and keep on learning. Amen. So, I thought, because we started with this idea of saying thank you, that it's actually, I think it's sometimes it's easier than we make it to be. 
It's easier than we complicate it to be. So I really want us to, we can all pray for one another, right? We can all say encouraging things and nice things about one another. So I would like us to not make a big deal. You don't have to move from where you are, but wherever you are, turn to the person where you are and start praying for them. And just, you don't have to know them. You don't have to know what they're going through. You can just pray love and encouraging over them. Everything that the Father says about you and about all of us, you can say about the person next to you. And then when you hear those things, the person next to you is praying this thing, you can just say thank you. It starts by just saying thank you very slowly and very low. And I think we can all do this today because wherever you are at, you can pray. Wherever you're at, you can encourage somebody. And wherever you're at, you can hear those words and say thank you. So let's do that now. Thank you, Lord, for words that we hear. And even on the moment, they, they hit our ears, they hit our mind, and we can't always believe them, Lord. But thank you that they are the truth. Thank you, Lord, that as we go on into this week, we'll be able to say thank you to everything that we hear, Lord. We thank you for amazing people around us, encouraging us, always say, speaking the, your truth over us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are sons in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.